Church, turn to your neighbor and greet them good morning. Give your neighbor a handshake, say good morning. Give your other neighbor a handshake, say good morning. Give the neighbor behind you a handshake, say good morning. Give the neighbor in front of you a handshake, say good morning. And greet the viewers all over the world on Emmanuel TV, good morning! Yes, you may have your seats in the presence of God. Just before beginning today's message, I want to remind you of the message that has been scrolling on Emmanuel TV since last week concerning the overflow canopies. Remember, the Bible says that a good Christian is a good citizen. Tell your neighbor, a good Christian is a good citizen. So what, what makes us a child of God is obedience. If God has spoken to the man of God, Prophet T.B. Joshua, and said, the Lord said, do this, we should obey. It is for our own good, it is for our own security. So please, we want to re-emphasize and stress that if you come to the church and discover that the church is full, go home and watch Emmanuel TV. Remember, the state of your hearts is what matters to God. And you know as well that Prophet TB Joshua is going to come out and minister, pray for viewers all over the world. So whether you are here or at home, the spirits of God can touch you. But hanging around the church, hanging outside, whereas the church is full, this, this is disobedience. So please, people of God, what makes you a good Christian makes you a good citizen. You can come during the week, meet the, the church coordinators, the supervisors. They'll be able to explain to you more concerning the next step to take. But if you come to the church and discover it's full, go home and watch Emmanuel TV. May God bless you as you obey this instruction in Jesus' name. Wow, thank you, Jesus, for the wonderful grace to be here. Just before delving into today's message, I want to make one thing very clear. Whatever you will hear from me today, and whatever you will see in my life today is as a direct result of the amazing grace of God in the life of Prophet T.B. Joshua. At a time where selfishness reigns supreme and materialism runs rife, it's so rare and precious to see someone who so selflessly, sacrificially gives his time, his love, his resources, his energy, his whole life to the advancement of God's kingdom and to the developments of others. Prophet T.B. Joshua is not a man seeking fame or fortune wealth or, or material positions. No, he's a man after God's own heart. You and I know that if, 
if this ministry, we could have branches in every country all over the world, people are demanding. We could build a cathedral that could seat the largest, highest number of people. But Prophet T.B. Joshua knows that these are not the things that attest to our genuineness. These are not the strength of the ministry. The strength of the ministry is the Holy Spirit. You, you heard the instruction from God. Even now, Prophet T.B. Joshua is removing the overflow congregation. Because obedience is better than sacrifice. He's not interested in building structures. He's interested in building people. He's not concerned at populating this church, but populating the kingdom of God, heaven. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Today, I want to ask you a, a question. And this is a question that I believe may have run through your mind before. And it's a very important issue that we need to talk to ourselves as, as children of God to examine ourselves in the lights of God's word. Why is it that so often we repeat our wrong, we return to our mistakes, even after we've seen the repercussions? I mean, you... Just, just examine your life. You know the price you pay anytime you misbehave. You know the damage that is done. Damage that is done to your hearts, damage done to your relationships, damage done to your, your business, your career, your destiny, just name it. Anytime you misbehave, you know what happens. Yet, time and time again, we, we seem to so easily fall into the trap of Satan. Easily fall for Satan's tricks. We're so easily enticed, so easily ensnared, so easily entrapped. Like Prophet T.B. Joshua said, we just, we just see the outward effects of the devil, but we, we seem to be blind to the spiritual cause. We, we are concerned with the fruits. We look at the fruits instead of striking the roots. This is what I want to talk about today, and I, I just want to share a very quick story. This is a true story, okay? A real life experience that happened. It was here in the church. I remember it very, very vividly. We were doing a time of counseling on Monday. Those that received healing and deliverance, and a young man came to where the evangelists were, and he was crying his eyes out. He was, oh my God, he was distraught, distressed. I mean, his tears could evoke sympathy in even the stoniest of hearts. If you see the way this guy was crying, boy, wailing, moaning, grumbling, and in the midst of it, we were trying to find out what's happening, what's going on. So, long story short, we were able to decipher through the pain and the tears and the cries that this young man was a happily married man, two children, great job, picture perfect life, when suddenly something happened. One day he received a friend request on Facebook from a lady he didn't know, and he just accepted. One thing led to another, discussion started, exchange of words, exchange of conversation, exchange of pictures. Later, he went to go and meet that very same lady, and before you know it, sin had entered. None, none knowing, unknown to him, that that lady attended the same college as his wife. And 
through a mutual friend, the secret was leaked and the wife took away the children and left home. This man was distraught, crying, and he made one statement. He said, Satan sent this Jezebel, this Delilah, to come and destroy my marriage. But we tried to probe and go deep to the roots of the issue. We asked the brother a question. We said, brother, who accepted the friend request? He said, it was me. Who initiated the conversation with this lady? Me. Who asked for her picture? Me. Who suggested that you meet up and arrange a meeting with her? Me. Who puts a password on your phone so that your wife would not suspect what's going on? Me. No Delilah destroyed your marriage. You tempted the devil to tempt you. By the grace of God, in this particular instance, God used Prophet T.B. Joshua to call the wife. She came, and after much tears, there was forgiveness, and the couple were reconciled together. Glory be to God. But the story doesn't end there, people. The story doesn't end there. Six months later, thereabouts, I remember I was holding a prayer line, one of the Emmanuel TV prayer lines, and the phone rings, and the voice of the person at the other end sounded familiar. The brother said, please, help me, pray for me. My wife has left. I began to know, wait a minute, this is the same guy. I asked him question, I asked his name, and I know this is the same guy. The moment he realized that I knew what happened, he grew silent. And I asked him, brother, what happened? What happened again? This issue was resolved. He was silent. Until finally he said, I met another lady on Facebook. You know, if I could enter inside the phone and appear where the brother is, I would have liked to have. Because, what? How could you do this? After you scattered what God restored it, you did it again. People of God, I don't want you to judge that young man. And I'm not here to judge him because no one is perfect. I want you to examine your own life. Those healed of the punishment of sin are likely to return to sin when the pains are over. We all face this battle. We all fight these battles. The battle we fight in our daily walk is with our flesh, our senses. By nature, man is rebellious. Man's spirit, if we choose, we would likely choose fleshly desires and Satan is looking for any opportunity to strike, to hit, to, to, to get in and corrupt and get into our heart. He's looking for that chance. Anytime you succumb to temptation, that fleshly desire, those fleshly tendencies, Satan has a foothold in your heart. He gets in, starts his work of stealing, killing, destruction, injecting his poison. He starts busy, gets busy at work, eroding your morals, dulling your conscience, decaying your values, blurring the lines between the acceptable and abominable. Before you know it, with Satan, with a foothold in your hearts, something that you vowed you would never do, I will never do this, suddenly you think, Uh, maybe, maybe I should just try it once. Maybe it won't be so bad. 
something you've eaten before and it was bitter, it was disgusting, it was destructive. You, you, you come, well, maybe if I try it this time, there'll be a different result. Let me still try it. Something that, as a little child that you were taught, don't go there, don't do this, this will destroy you. Say, well, maybe they didn't know. Let me, maybe there's a reason they didn't tell me to go there. Let me just try it out and see for myself. Experience is the best teacher. Black and white fade to gray. So I'm here to give you a, a secret, brethren. People of God know this. When the word of God is in your hearts, it will preserve and protect you from desiring sin. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor. Neighbor, when the word of God is in your hearts, it will preserve and protect you from desiring sin. This brings us to the title of today's message, Dealing with Desire. Turn with me in your Bibles to the proof text which is taken from the book of James, chapter 1, from verse 13 to 15. We need to deal with desire because prevention is better than cure. James chapter 1, verse 13 to 15. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires. Fleshly desires, carnal lusts, worldly thoughts, when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Verse 15. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Everyone has fleshly desires. But do you, do you provide a platform for them in your hearts? Do you, do you lay a foundation for them to flourish? a base for them to bloom in your hearts. One thing I want to let you know, brethren, is important we understand this. The day you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, the day you make a commitment to Jesus, you have declared war against Satan. This means war. You have, I mean, by identifying yourself with Christ, you have made Satan your bitter enemy. Becoming a Christian is, is basically making yourself a mark, a target for Satan to shoot at. He hates you the way he hates Jesus. That's the meaning of our Christian journey. That's why our journey as Christians, our road to the throne, is not a bed of roses. It's not just easy. It's not rosy. We have loss and, 
and, and gain. We experience ups and downs, highs and lows. We experience social, moral, economic uncertainties. We have both internal, external troubles. The road to the kingdom of God is not just a bed of roses because Satan is looking for a way to strike. Looking for an avenue to hit, to penetrate. And God knows this. Look at the case of Job. With God's permission, you can be tempted. Temptation can come in any form, at any time, from anyone. Temptation can come. With God's permission, you can be tempted. If God is aware of it, if God has knowledge of it, if God allows it, you can be tempted, just like Job. Don't think it's strange. Doubt your God. No. You can be attacked, but you can never be destroyed. I hope you're listening to what I'm saying, people of God. As a Christian, you can be attacked, but you can never be destroyed. Satan is never permitted to block our way without the providence of God making a way out. If Satan today brings iron to block your way, you look left, look right, look back, look front, you don't see any way out, God will bring a welder to cut a way out through the iron. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear, but with it will provide a way out. In fact, if we are on God's agenda, in line with God's will, God's word, often the very things that seem an abortion of God's plan are actually the road to its fulfillment. What you look at as something that's the end with Christ, it will open the door to new beginnings. But the problem lies, now this is where we're coming, the problem lies when you step out of your way. You step out of your duty. You step out of God's agenda. Then you forfeit his promise and put yourselves out of God's protection. The promise of God that says, I will be with you. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil for I will be with you. When you step out of God's will, out of God's agenda, you forfeit the promise and you're on your own. And our natural strength cannot defeat Satan in battle. If you tempt the devil to tempt you, you provoke God to withdraw his strength and leave you to your own strength. Tell your neighbor, don't tempt the devil to tempt you. Now, I want to try and use an illustration to gain greater understanding of this principle. And for this illustration, <laughs> I need three volunteers, male volunteers. If you, three male volunteers, you can just come out as God puts in your hearts. Three male volunteers, don't worry, it's not gonna be any dangerous assignments. Three, oh, there we go, three straights. Thank you very much, brethren. The language I want to use to demonstrate this example is a language that is universal, the language of football. Tell your neighbor the language of football. All right, so where are you from, sir? I'm from Lagos, Nigeria. Aquaibom, Aquaibom. From Spain. Spain, wow, so we have a bit of a World Cup here. Now, 
Let's, let's uh, brother from Spain, if you come with me, we're going to split ourselves into two teams. Just, just turn around and face the crowd, sir. We're going to split ourselves into two teams. This is Team Jesus. Here is Team Satan. I'm very sorry for that. <laughs> Team, just for now, just for a moment. This is Team Satan. This is Team Jesus. And we want to have a very quick exercise that will help illustrate this principle of what it means when you tempt the devil to tempt you. Okay, so this is our playing ground. This is our ball. Team Jesus, come with me. Team Satan, you're going that way. All right, so we have two goals. We're going to have a goal here and then a goal over here. All of us have played some street football before, especially the men. Irrespective of the, where you are from, we all know how to play football on the streets. All right, so Team Satan, come. This is you. Let's make the goal a little bit bigger, a little bit easier. So, a couple of ground rules, because this is church, so please don't injure anyone here. <laughs> we don't want anyone to go for a prayer line later with injury from this exercise. All right. Secondly, because we're in the church, if just, just pass. Don't, don't, you know, you're not in World Cup here. This is not Premier League. We're in synagogue church of all nations. All right, so the aim of this game is very simple. Me and my brother here, Team Jesus, we want to score. In this goal, Team Satan wants to score. In this goal, are you with me, people of God? Are you sure you're with me? All right, so let's, let's just get the show on the road. I think the easiest way to do this is with a whistle. Now, Another rule I forgot to tell you. I, I'm playing in this game, but I, I'm also <laughs> explaining the sermon. So anytime you hear this whistle, you pause. You stop so that we can see what we can do to explain. So, are you ready? Crowd, I hope you're going to support Team Jesus. Uh, if we see people cheering for Team Satan, don't worry. We'll pray for you later for your deliverance, okay? So, come my brother. Okay, three, two, one, go. Okay, the ball's with Team Satan. Come on, Team Satan. Let's see if we can... Uh... Yay! See skills, though. Okay, okay, no problem. Wait, okay, okay. We got the ball again. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Come on. Yes! Goal! All right, don't worry, the example is still coming. We have to score a goal first. Okay, 1-0 Team Jesus. Okay, come on then, guys. Let's go. Yay, this guy's good dude. Okay, now, now, watch this. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Okay, hold on. What just happened? Team Satan is my enemy, my adversary, my opponent, but I just gave him the ball. I repeat, I just gave him the ball. We're on the opposite side, but 
I gave him the bull, and don't be surprised if he strikes. You're in the post! How could you, okay, let's do that again, let's do that again. Okay, repeats, repeats. I gave you the ball. See, what will Team Satan do? The post again! Team Satan is really, really increasing his skills here. The post again. I've given you the ball. Boom! He scored! Why did Team Satan score? Why? Why? Why do you complain when Satan strikes when you're the one that gives him the ball? Each time you go where Jesus is not welcomed, you give him the ball. Each time you listen to what you know is corruptive and destructive to your spirits, you give him the ball. Each time you as a married man ask for a phone number from that lady you met, you give him the ball. Each time you're on your computer, your laptop, your phone, and a pornographic advert comes up which says, click here to see more, and you look to your left, you look to your right, and you click, you give him the ball. Each time you put a password on your phone that even your wife doesn't know because what you're doing on there, you don't even want your wife, your own wife to know what you are doing. You give Satan the ball. Don't be surprised when he strikes. Don't be surprised if he scores because he's a very good attacker. He's a very good striker. Don't tempt the devil to tempt you. Do you know what we as people of God are supposed to do? I'll tell you what. We're not even supposed to be playing games with Team Satan. We're children of God. What is our business with them? When we see that they've come into our hearts, do you know what you're supposed to do? Out. out. You, come here. Get out. Give him a red card. Send him out. You have no business with him. When you've sent him out of the way, there's no way. What? The, 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 you can score. But today, many of us, what we do, we give Satan just a yellow card. We give him a yellow. Oh, I'll give you another chance, Satan. I'll give you a warning. Let's, let's try again. You give him a yellow card. Instead of you to take your position in the believer's authority, you, Satan, you have no business in my life, my family, my marriage, my career, get out. Red card. Let's put our hands together for Team Satan and Team Jesus. I think before you go to compensate, please come with me, come with me, come with me. Come with me. At least it was a good game. So we have to compensate our brethren. I think Team Jesus won 2-1. So please come and take an altar fruits. 
as a blessing for your life. We will not give you a red card on the altar, don't worry. Whoa! Now, wow. People of God, are you with me? Are you understanding what I'm talking about? No mortal man or devil can supersede the plan of God for your life. There is only one person who can get you out of the will of God, and that is you. That is you. That is you. One of the greatest gifts God has given us is the freedom to make decisions. All of us who have fallen made a decision, and all of us who have not fallen faced a similar temptation and made a different decision. It's not our challenges, our temptations, our troubles that make us fall. It is our reaction to them. While some of us yield to the pressure and make wrong decisions, others face the same pressure and make right decisions. Whoever you yield yourself to obey, that is whose servant you are. Romans 6 verse 16. Brethren, our hearts is the treasury. Our hearts. Luke 6 verse 45 says that a good man brings forth good things out of the good that is stored up in his hearts. But an evil man brings forth evil things out of the evil stored up in his hearts. What are you storing up in your hearts? Pride or humility? Love or hatred? Offense or forgiveness? What you store up in your hearts will be revealed at the points of temptation. Temptation provokes what you're hiding, what you're storing, what you've been keeping in your hearts. Provokes that temptation, that, 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 that your, your weakness comes out in the face of temptation, what you've been keeping, hiding, harboring in your hearts. Look, look at Judas Iscariot in the Bible, the betrayer. Judas Iscariot lived and walked with Jesus. He was one of the 12 that Jesus sent out to heal the sick, deliver the demon possessed. He heard the teachings. He saw the miracles. He lived with Jesus. But the Bible says in John 12, verse 4 to 6, that Judas Iscariot harbored the secret sin of stealing. He took from the money bag when no one was looking. And what he harbored in his hearts gave Satan a foothold to enter and manipulates him to the points of betraying the Son of God. Cain, you know the story of Cain and Abel in the Bible? Let, let's, let's quickly turn there. Turn to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4 verse 7. You know, Cain gave an unworthy offering. An unworthy offering. An offering to honor himself and dishonor God. And God was not happy. God told him in that John, uh, Genesis chapter 4, verse 7, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? 
But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Even with this warning from God, because Cain bore a grudge against his brother Abel because he, God accepted Abel's offering. Satan had a foothold in his heart and manipulated him to the point of murdering his own brother. On the contrary, Joseph, we know the story of Joseph. Do you know the reason why Joseph did not succumb to temptation from Potiphar's wife? Potiphar's wife was trying to seduce Joseph, wanted to sleep with him at all costs. Do you know the reason why Joseph did not give in or yield or submit to that temptation? Because he knew who he was. He was a child with a promise of God. I tell you today, you are children of promise. You are children of destiny. You are children with a promise from God. Your destiny does not permit you to give your heart to fleshly desires. Your destiny, your promise from God is too precious to be corrupted, to be tainted, to be perverted. Your destiny does not permit you. Consider your destiny. Your destiny does not allow you, permit you to waste time on things that have no lasting value and significance. Destiny does not permit you to strive, struggle against flesh and blood. Consider your destiny. Be God conscious. Cultivate consciousness of God. If you're conscious of God, your heart will not rest until it rests in Him. If you go where Jesus will not be welcomed, you, you will not be, you, your spirit will be agitated until you leave that place. You have a conversation with someone and you sense satanic influence, you will quickly cut it off. But today the problem is, Satan's traps for us are often hidden. He will disguise himself as an angel of lights, come with his hidden agenda. And it takes the grace, the strength of one grounded in the word of God to be able to identify the devil's tricks for what they are. If you ask any man here, will you sleep with a snake? They will say, no, over my dead body. Satan knows that, so he'll put a spirit of a snake inside a beautiful lady. By the time you meet them, it's not just your bodies that meet, it's your spirits. And no physical protection can withstand spiritual contamination. Many destinies have been diverted. Many homes broken. Many lives shattered because we've given our hearts away to fleshly desires. I'm coming to a conclusion, brethren, but I want to tell you something that happened to me, how God used Prophet T.B. Joshua to preserve my life. When I came here to the Synagogue Church of All Nations as a visitor many, many years ago, just the way you guys are sitting down, enjoying the service, I was in the prayer line, I was about 14, 15 years old. Prophet T.B. Joshua walked up to me and gave me a word of prophecy. He gave me two prophecies, but I'll not tell you the first one today. That will be for another story. The second prophecy, he walked up, he looked at me and said, young man, there's a lady 
that you are close to. And you have to be very careful because she's demon-possessed. I didn't do that on the outside. You know, when you receive prophecy, you always say, yes, yes, man of God, it's true. But within me, I was, ah! What? There's a lady close to me that's possessed. And in fact, I began to think, maybe it's this one, maybe it's this one. Oh, oh my God, what's happening? You should have seen me when I got back to UK. If a lady came close to me, be gone from me, you Satan. <laughs> I quickly gave him the red card because I was so scared that someone would come. This is Prophet T.B. Joshua told me. I didn't know who the person was, but that prophecy preserved me from making a stupid mistake. As a young man, you know the temptations that we face, peer pressure, temptations up and down, here and there, and any time this temptation would come, I would remember what the prophet told me. There's a lady that is close to you. She's demon-possessed. Hey! Okay, I'm gone. Goodbye. Thank you. Leave the place. Just like Joseph. Get out. When Joseph was tempted, he didn't just stay there. He got out. Tell your neighbor, get out. Before sin gets in. Say, get out before sin gets in. Because if you ask Samson, he will tell you, a night of pleasure is not worth a lifetime of blindness. In conclusion, brethren, in conclusion, the truth of this sermon is enough to change your life. But don't just listen to this sermon. Study the sermon of your own life. Your life experience will testify to this truth. Poison is poison, irrespective of how it is packaged. Please don't tempt the devil to tempt you. Life already has enough challenges. You, you've made, you're a Christian. You've declared war against Satan. He's, there's already enough challenges in life. And for you to create one for yourself, to create your own trouble, create your own challenge, create your own temptation. Jesus said to his disciples, I pray your faith will not fail. It means he knew situations would come that would test them, tempt them, try to remove them from their faith. But he said, I pray your faith will not fail. This means our faith may fail, but not fall off. If faith is kept up in the hour of temptation, though we are cast down, we will not be utterly destroyed. And if God allows it, it will not lead to our end, to our downfall. It will lead to our promotion. Just stay in line with the will of God. And he's there to see you through whatever life brings. May God bless his word in the midst of our hearts. In Jesus' name. See me through, Lord Jesus, see.